Well, as I said before, welcome to the, the annual Shepherd Teaching Series. Uh, my name is Matt Hearn. Um, my fellow uh, shepherds in the room are Art Wood over here and Kent, Kent Bickle. Um, and the purpose of this particular series this year is to talk about um, our next 10-year vision um, for Otter Creek. Now, as a way of disclaimer, I was gone for the whole fall semester in London worrying about Brexit. So there may be some questions I may, not, I may seem really stupid about. I may not know how to answer them. But that's why Art and Kent are here, because they were here for the whole long, drawn-out discussion process. But certainly, if you have any questions about the process or about what we talk about today, please don't hesitate to ask. The whole point of today is to bring you uh, into the same space as your shepherds so that we can all be on board about what we plan uh, that will happen at Otter Creek for the good of God's kingdom for the next decade. Now, all of the sessions this morning by all of the shepherds are going to follow the same PowerPoint and the same outline. And if you've ever tried to teach from somebody else's outline or use somebody else's PowerPoint, you know how clumsy it can sometimes feel, especially if you're an English professor and you didn't write it. So, um, so bear with us. But we want to begin this morning um, by introducing ourselves as elders. Um, as I said before, my name is Matt Hearn. This is my elder badge. Um, my wife, Mary, and I came to Otter Creek um, in the fall of 1999. So we've been here. This is our 21st year. We came to Otter Creek um, for some simple reasons. One is we knew if we church shopped in Nashville, we'd never stop shopping. And two of Mary's sisters already attended Otter Creek. So we just decided we would start here and stay here until we got mad and left. <laughs> we have gotten mad. Of course, it wouldn't be Otter Creek if it didn't aggravate you sometimes. But we've stayed because Otter Creek has become a place where we find community. Um, our particular communities for our family uh, happen to be um, summer camp. Mary served in the camp kitchen for many years. That's been one of the ministries we care about. Uh, Vespers, the Vespers uh, worship um, session on Wednesday nights, is another one of the particular ministries that Mary and I happen to be involved in. Um, but those two things are part of what has helped to make Otter Creek as big and as diverse as it is, um, a place that's hard for us to leave, no matter how hard, how mad we get. Art, I'll let you introduce yourself. Cool. Art Woods, my wife is Kim, who's working the hospitality guest this morning, welcome guest. We've been here nine years, almost nine years, um, three grown children, uh, all three of them now are married, uh, three grandsons. <coughs> Um, our middle son and his wife are attending here, Jonathan and Danny Wood. Some of y'all may know them from Houston. Um, but anyway, uh, we've been here nine years. We, we've been a real, my wife is real involved with the women's ministry too, so I would be amiss if I didn't mention to register for the women's retreat. Uh, if she were here, she would be doing that for us, but uh, she's not. So, uh, but we've been real involved in, involved in worship for a long time before, um, we were at Woodmont Hills for about the first 13 years we lived in Nashville um, and made a change really because of one of our boys was really connected with the youth group here and he was finding some difficulty in that and so we moved for that reason and it has felt so much like home that we just decided to stay. And um, so I've been a shepherd three years, almost three years. In my work life, um, I'm president of Healing Hands International, which is a relief and aid agency here in Nashville. Um, and I do a lot of traveling around, so I'm here. I've been here for the last month, and we'll be here for about another month, and then I'll be traveling probably 
Kent. And I'm Kent Bickle. My wife Kathy is um, also uh, working. She's teaching a class downstairs for the kids. Uh, so that's obviously one of the things that we're very much involved in. We've been going to Arter Creek now for about six years and been an elder the same as Art about three years. We started to come to Otter Creek mainly because of our daughter. You do things for your kids. We've gone to, Otter, uh, to Harpeth Hills for well, many, many, many years. And then, um, but our daughter, at a point in time in her life, her college life, she just didn't feel comfortable there. She said, I will go to church, but I want to go over here to Otter Creek. So we said, we'll go to Otter Creek with you. And uh, we fell in love with this church almost immediately. Uh, we as a family had a very difficult uh, health situation that uh, even though this congregation didn't know us very well, loved us through it unlike I, I could even imagine. So we fell in love with the church. I've loved it. I uh, continue to be very passionate about worship. I serve on the worship team uh, often. And then also uh, some of you can have uh, worked there several years, so that's us. We have two kids, five grand dogs, no grandkids, <laughs> but look forward to that day. Good to be with you. Um, all right. Um, now, now it's going to be a little awkward because, as you know, we've divided the congregation up by by age demographics, and this is the thirty-something crowd, I think. At least that's what they told me. And it, obviously, if you looked at me and Art and Kent, we're, we don't fit that anymore, at least, at least in our, our physical frames. But we'd like to get to know a little bit about you, um, just to make it even. Many of you, um, obviously, are a lot younger than we are. Um, but we'd like to know just a little bit, just as a sample, how many of you have been here at Otter Creek um, for more than five years? Oh, okay. More than 10? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, for those of you who've been here more than 10, um, what kinds of things are you involved in at Otter Creek that keep you coming? I'm going to pick on Christy because that's the name I can remember right off the top of my head. Um, what's one of the reasons you're here? If you don't mind me putting you on a big No, spot. no, that's fine. Um, I started coming here with my now ex-husband. And his family comes here, so and they still come here, and so I like being able to worship with my extended family. And now that I have two kids, I've gotten to experience what everybody loves about the children's ministry. Um, so that's you here. Yeah, that's been 20 years. So I started at the other church with Tim Woodruff, um, and now Josh. So it's evolved quite a bit. What has? What has? Now, you saw what happens if you raise your hand. <laughs> but who else has been here 10 years or longer? Notice how the numbers are spring. <laughs> Jesse, I'll pick on you. Uh, what brought you here, and, and what are you involved in sort of currently at Auburn Creek? came in college. Um, a ago, you asked what has kept us here um, teaching. Uh, and that's both classrooms, uh, but then also uh, with Tim and then with Josh. But um, we, we've had a lot of different experiences with our families and growing up in different churches. And there's something, um, something special I think as far as uh, the ability to come to a classroom and to, uh, to listen to 
and people who have dedicated significant amounts of their life uh, studying scripture and want, want and are able to effectively pass that on uh, to other people. Um, not that that doesn't exist other places, but there's there's just something special here. Okay. Yeah, teaching is another piece of our puzzle here that's, that's distinctive. Who, who else? I want one more. Perfectly somebody who, who I don't know by name. Like, but grown here and enjoyed being here for this become very, very well thankful in the multi generational leadership and involvement from folks in MCC to elders to, to those who are teaching. They vary across from being very young and still uh, a good teacher to, to those that have much more years of experience appreciate. But also the, uh, the, the, the opportunity to grow with families when the kids are here, when the kids get older and find new they're new to interspersed with them and make new connections with them, the same with us. So it's just that it, it grows with us and in, in the church house for that. Well, thank, thanks to all of you for being willing to be put on the spot. The point of that is to, is to remind ourselves that we are, we are a really big church, and we all don't know each other as well as we think we sort of do, even though we sort of do. And we're a diverse community. We're here for lots of different reasons. Um, all of us know that within our little 100 people that we sit next to in our given service, we think we know how Otter Creek thinks and works. But if you move across or sit somewhere else, you realize sometimes that, that it's... A lot of different churches sort of under one roof. One of the things we want to, to remind you about in this series is that even though we are really diverse, we've all chosen to come here, each for our different reasons, but fundamental to all of those reasons is that we believe, that we're believers, and that we believe that believers should believe together because that makes us all stronger. And so one of the things uh, we wanna, I want to lay on the table to start with is that as the elders... The shepherds present our new vision for the congregation. There may be some parts of it that seem kind of generic or vague. That's because we can't read the future. We have an idea about some things we'd like to do. We have an idea about some directions we'd like to go, and that's what our vision is about. As all of you know, in your own lives, as well as in the lives of congregations, things happen that change direction. Things happen that can change our minds about what we need to do or what we'd like to do. But we want to start off the next decade with at least a plan, an idea about where we want to go, and we want to make sure you understand that this is a, a vision that we hope all of you can join and belong to um, in whatever part of Otter Creek feeds you right now. There's a time in your lives when the most important thing is children's ministry. There's a time when church matters because your kids matter to you and you feel a huge responsibility for their souls in your hand. And then there's a time when kids leave, and you're empty-nested, and that's not why you come to church anymore. And, and that's part of our congregation, too. We have people who are long past worrying about their kids. There are other reasons, other things to be involved in, and we want all of you to, to share in our vision so that you can understand better um, what we hope our community as a whole will do across the demographics, across the interest groups, um, across the generations. Feel free to ask questions. Uh, this, is, this is not a, um, 
an indoctrination session by any means. And I certainly don't want you to feel like this is a sales pitch. That's not part of my DNA. Um, and this is not what that's about. This is about talking together about what we, where we would like to go. We want, to, we want you to know so that you can be involved because none of, none of the plans we make will work if you don't know what they are and if you can't help us put flesh on those bones. All right. Any questions to start with? I'm already behind, but that's, that's kind of normal for me. All right. Well, let's go to the next slide. Here's why we're doing this. We, we want you to know where we think we want to go for the next 10 years, which conveniently, 2029, happens to be the 100th anniversary of Otter Creek as a Nashville congregation. And we hope this teaching series will help you see where we think we want to go and what we would like to try to do to serve as God's kingdom here at Otter Creek over the next decade. There's a verse in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, it's a great quotation, and that's kind of where we want to be. But this is the way the, the next four class sessions will work. That's this week, obviously. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about history and focus on our appreciation of Scripture. Afterwards, we'll talk about our, who we are as Otter Creek and what our values are, what we hope to live up to. And then on the 26th, we'll talk about the future to the extent that we can. So this monthly series um, is, is what we're going to do this year. Got my slides out of order. There's a nice quote. Now the vision process. Any questions about that? I'll, I hate it when people read slides. Good to go? So this is how it all came about. In April 2018, the Shepherds commissioned um, about 20 Otter Creek members across a broad range of gender, age, involvement, time at Otter Creek um, to come together and to dream together about a future for Otter Creek. They presented their ideas to the shepherds in January of 2019. The shepherds then processed that input, spent a lot of time talking about it. Came up with a vision. And one of the important things to know is that for this particular church at this particular time, one of the major um, ingredients that makes this an interesting 10-year plan is that for the first time, perhaps in a long time, we've retired our debt. When we had our last vision, we were about $8 million in debt. And we're walking into this next decade with zero debt, which means that there are dollars that we used to have to spend on ourselves that we can now turn outwards. What should we do with what we can do now? In November of 2019, the elders finally 
after much discussion, agreed that this would be our vision going forward. And that's where we are today. Now, this is still our mission statement. Otter Creek is a family growing to be like Jesus. And the vision is pretty much, okay, if this is who we are, how are we going to get there over the next 10 years? What is it that we're going to try to do to make that truer about ourselves than it is now? These are the things that influenced the vision statement that we came up with. Influencers is a new noun for me. I just like influences. Anyway. One is our core beliefs at Otter Creek. We do have core beliefs, contrary to what some people might think sometimes. Um, we won't go through all of those today. We'll just hit a couple, um, a couple of three. But our core beliefs have shaped our vision. Scripture shapes our vision. We have a high regard for Scripture in our church. Um, as hard as it may be for some to believe, we actually do. Um, but Scripture is really important to us, and that's been a shaping factor. We have core values as a congregation, part of what makes this Otter Creek a distinctive place, the kind of place that you stay at even when you disagree with it sometimes. There are things here that happen that we want to preserve. We have a history. We have been somebody, so to speak. We are a kind of place. We have a history in Otter Creek. And who we're going to be is always going to be related to who we have been. That's who we want to be going forward. Core beliefs. One of our core beliefs has to do with how God communicates. We believe at Otter Creek that God has spoken to us. And that God speaks to us in different ways. For the purpose of discussion, we want you to think about the way God speaks. The church has always recognized, not just the church, the people of God have always recognized that one of the way God speaks to His people is through creation. Um, there's the book of Scripture, but in a world like the Middle Ages, which I studied professionally, most people couldn't read, and that book was essentially close to them, but people of faith understood there was another book, and that was the book of nature, the book of God's creation. That's another way that God speaks to us. When Jesus came, when the Son of God came to earth, God spoke and communicated directly to us through the person of Jesus. That's the second way God has communicated to us. And the third way, Scripture, is what has preserved the teachings of Christ for us and the teachings of His apostles. So the Scripture is the third way that God speaks to us. Now those are really broad categories. Um, what I'd like to do today, though, is to, is to have you talk a little bit out loud about either more specific ways or examples of the ways in which you find God communicating or being communicated to you at Otter Creek. If, if you think for a minute about how you believe that God communicates to you at, at Otter Creek, can any of you think of some examples of how that might work? I'm not asking for any, any big miracles unless, unless there are some. But are there ways you, you genuinely feel that this is a way that God communicates through his church. 
through scripture, through nature, through us. Not to um, lift any one person up above anyone else, but <laughs> when I look across and see Nan Smith worshiping, I feel like that's God communicating to me of a beautiful way to worship. Um, for someone who grew up with like, oh, we don't even, we're not even going to kneel to pray because that's too showy, you know, or anything. Um, the freedom that I feel seeing how she worships, I think, is a way is a way that God communicates through her too. That's a really good example. I think many of us could say, oh, there are people in my life who have shown me what God means, or who have modeled for me what I should be doing, or the kind of person, or who has shown me what love feels like. We all have some people like the... some. Hopefully, we have some people like those in our lives. And hopefully, we can be that kind of a person who communicates God's love to other people out on the creek. That's a really good example. Any other examples you can think of how God communicates? I have a good friend here, Troy Link. Um, who communicates with God by being outside as far away from other people as he can be. Or, better yet, taking some people with him as far away from other people as they can get. That's where he feels most strongly um, the majesty, the mystery, and the wonder of God. Some of us like being outdoors. Um, others of us are artists. I know there's a few artists in the room. That's another way I think God communicates through his people. There are lots of ways God's communicating. There are a lot of ways God can communicate. For me, and one of the main reasons that I'm still here is there are maybe four or five key people in the congregation, most of the elders that know my background and story, they will pull me aside and they'll tell me I'm doing well, I'm not doing well. And I kind of see that as not necessarily voice, but is a way to reflect upon where I'm in my journey. So giving them permission to do that, and they will do that. And so there's there's an accountability there that, that I really appreciate That's a really good segue, I think, to the to the rest of the teaching this morning. Is that the role that some people in our lives can play um, as mentors, whether they be shepherds at Otter Creek, for example, or parents, or friends, or teachers in the preschool. Those kinds of people provide an account a kind of an accountability for us. They help us see things that we might not see by ourselves otherwise. And that's part of what this vision is. Um, the elders, we shepherds, are, are presenting it to you um, because we want you to see with us where we might go in the future. And we also want you to know that this is not something the elders, the shepherds, came up with on their own. It's built on what representatives from the congregation brought to us. It's based on what they have already seen in terms of areas that we might enter, things we might do better, brand new things we've never thought of before. So this is a vision that's coming sort of from the congregation through the elders back to the congregation at large. We want you to understand that this is not um, a plan that we've come up with on our own. It's a plan that we've built thinking together with some of you, thinking together with ourselves, and now we're thinking out loud about it with you today in terms of this presentation. All right. 
Poor beliefs. Some scripture to back it up. That's part of our tradition. We like to, to back everything up with evidence from scripture. This is Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days He has spoken to us by a Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also created the worlds. I like that sound. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And He sustains all things by His powerful Word. When He had made purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name He has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So, this is part of our core belief that God has spoken to us in many and various ways, significantly through His only Son. What we believe is that God communicating to us through creation, through Jesus Christ, and through the Bible has given us an authority for judging how we should live and what we should do going forward in all matters of faith and that Scripture itself points us toward Jesus. That's core belief number two that we want to talk about today. We believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you were in first service, um, and assuming you'll go to second service, one of the things we did as a congregation today was to recite the Apostles' Creed. What you're going to see on the next few slides is sort of a, a restatement of what the Creed says much more concisely and precisely. This is sort of in a different kind of context. We do believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He was completely human and completely God. That is, the Creed states, He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, He was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, descended into hell, he rose from the dead. He ascended to the Father. And that's where He sits now at His right hand. We believe in Jesus. And we believe that Jesus intercedes on our behalf. Again, some of our favorite scriptures. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the light that shines in the darkness. We believe that Jesus destroyed the power of death. And that through Jesus comes our not only our redemption, but our salvation and the promise of life everlasting. This is a bookend slide. It looks like it repeats two before it does. Any questions at this point about this one of our core beliefs? Comments or questions? All right. <coughs> Core belief number number three. There is one church. The church at Outer Creek, we believe, is the community of believers. All those who have trusted in Jesus to make them right with God. <coughs> we are a commissioned people. We believe we have been given a job to do as believers, a mission, and that's to serve God and help accomplish His purposes in the world. So we believe in the Great Commission. We're called in Ephesians to lead a life worthy of that calling with humility, gentleness, patience,
bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Um, I, I don't think Art or Kent would argue with me here. That's the most difficult thing about being an, a shepherd at Otter Creek. It's not really about determining what's right or wrong. It's how do we preserve the unity of the body? How do we, how can we be patient? How can we maintain the unity of the Spirit at this place? This vision series is about helping to cultivate a united sense of who we are and where we're going to go in the future. Let's talk about church. When you think about church, when you think about Otter Creek, what is it that you feel like does unite us? What are some things that, that we do well here in the sense of preserving unity? Maybe it might be easier to go the other way. What are some things we, I could say, I could say I'm not going to open this can of worms. <laughs> I could say, what are some things we argue about at Otter Creek? What are some things that get on our nerves at Otter Creek? We, we all can start a list probably right now. And our lists are going to look different. I'm sure the list from this room is going to look different from the list in the room I'm supposed to be in, the 60-somethings. Right? But we all have those kinds of things. That tempt us to pull away from each other that tempt us not to show up, that tempt us to behave in ways that, that, that don't contribute to the glory of the kingdom. The purpose of our vision, however, is to remind ourselves of those things that pull us back together. The core beliefs that we just reviewed are those things we believe that pull us back together. Our belief that God has spoken to us, our belief that He's spoken to us through His Son, who really came, who was really born, who really suffered, who really died, who really rose again, and who really is sitting right now at the right hand of the Father. We participate in communion today together. All over the world on this day of the week, that's a thing that Christians do, that they share a meal together, both in a small local congregation, but as part of a larger worldwide congregation that we call the church. And we testify to our belief in who Jesus was and what he did. We also testify to our belief that we are the church. Whether we participate here or somewhere else, we are the church. Any questions about core beliefs? Okay. Questions about the vision process going forward. What kinds of questions do you have? And these can be like practical questions. I'm just curious. All right. I've got one question. Go. So this is my perception, so don't don't hear it as a, a judgment. <clears throat> Personally, I kind of feel like it's difficult for, maybe it's our age group, 30-year-olds, demographic, to connect. And I don't know if it's various reasons of just children and family and busyness, but 
I have noticed that when I started here, very early 20s at Lipscomb, it's a lot closer knit group than it is at this age group. And uh, I've asked these questions before, and it's, are you in a life group, et cetera, et cetera. And a life group is helpful, but um, I still think there's an underlying issue of this age group being able to connect and know, know each other intimately and encourage each other. I mean, when I look at who my relationships are here, it's mostly people who are 55 and 60, um, not my age group. And so I would really like to know in the next five to 10 years while we're reaching out to the community, how are we reaching inside to this body to really help bolster the relationships that are gonna be critical as we journey through life and it throws its surprises at us. That's a great comment. I, mean, I couldn't have asked for a better one. Because it illustrates the, the, the complexity of, of what we're trying to do here today. Um, and I don't mean to be patronizing, so forgive me if it sounds that way. But I think what you said about being in your 30s, 30-somethings, with kids, all of you are old enough, if you have kids, to have gone through the phase of, we're not going to change when we have kids. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take them with us to the singles retreat we used to go to. Everybody knows. It's going to work. Yeah, we can take them to the movie. And, and you realize pretty quickly that something has changed. It, it's, it's not that you're not as good as you were. It's just that things are different. And, and you do... Starting a family changes things. If you are someone who doesn't start a family and you survive college without being married. Church can be difficult, too, for completely different reasons. If you've ever been in a singles group, I can remember what a horrifying thing that was at some congregations. It was loneliness. And nobody wants to belong to that, but, but there's also a part of that that's true. I mean, people can be lonely in the world. And once you, you know, get out from out your parents' house, um, if, if you went to university, when you leave university, when you leave high school, and you get into what we call the real world, most people realize that they're a lot more alone than they used to be. What happened to all those friends that you thought would stay with you ever, forever because you'd always had a class full of friends? Now you're not in anybody's class. You're just the guy who works. That's, that's a difficult challenge. Part of our vision is to address exactly the questions you ask. Are life groups a good way to do it? They work for some people. They don't work for everybody. Right? They work great for people who don't have kids and who've retired. Because they don't have obligations and schedules. Right? We belonged to a life group once that was sort of the one for if you had kids, you could come. Right? We, we had 14 adults one night and 25 kids. The oldest of we had one who was over seven. That's us. So whose house are we going to go to? <laughs> who's going to pay for their damages? <laughs> so, so maybe life groups don't always work for everybody, or maybe we should rethink that. The vision process is, is how we look at those kinds of questions and those kinds of issues. You mentioned another one. How do we get to know people who are like us? That's a good thing. We like to share stories. Another side of that, however is it's really a good thing to be forced to get to know people who don't look like you, who are a lot older than you, who are a lot younger than you? Because that's part of how we become a congregation too. How can we foster authentic relationships between those with people who might actually become our mentors? You mentioned mentors. 
my mentor who sort of opened my eyes um, when I was in my early 40s, no, early 30s, was 85 years old already. Right? He, he painted signs for a living. Literally, he painted signs for a living. He was the most contented man I ever met. Right? And the wisest man I ever met, who very patiently showed me that I was worried about all sorts of things um, for all the wrong reasons and had a lot of stupid ideas about how life should be. Um, I, had, I would never have gotten to know him if I hadn't been stuck in a church and, and, and th that I wouldn't have chosen if I could have picked my perfect church. Um, he's not the kind of person I ever would have naturally gravitated to, but he's a person who saw me at that place and decided to take me under wing before I even knew it. And that's why I'm not as dumb as I used to be. <laughs> but it's why I also value getting to know people who are even older than me. As a teacher, I also know that I learn a lot from students who are a lot younger than me. So that's part of our vision too. How do we, how do we get to know each other a little better in ways that are productive? Now granted, we can't all know each other like we might if this was a hundred person church. We can't. But we, can, but we can know each other in some other ways. We can probably know more of ourselves better. And knowing more people, knowing people better, I think, and we believe this as elders, knowing more people better here at this body helps all of us know ourselves better. Not just as individuals, but as churches. So as we go through the next four weeks, next three weeks, I want you to feel free to talk about some of the ideas that pop into your head, some of the concerns that you have, some of the issues that we have, some of the questions that you have, because that's what this visioning process is, is partly about. We want, we want to bring you into the discussions we've been having because we value the discussions that you have been having with yourself. You're part of us, right? just like we're part of you. So I hope, I hope we, we really hope that you'll come back next week as we dig a little bit deeper into some of our core beliefs at Otter Creek, some of our plans for the future, um, as we continue to talk about the vision. Um, and don't be afraid to, to tell us what your good ideas, to tell us some of the bad ideas we've had in the past. Don't be, don't be afraid of that. We need your help to figure out how to go forward. Um, before we wrap up, I want, you to let, I want to let you know that on that little gray storage bin in the back, there are some copies of our formal vision statement. If you're that kind of person and you'd like to have it in your hands and read it, there are a few copies back there. They're not enough for everybody, but that vision statement is on the website. It's on the app, so you can always get it that way if you want to. Um, unless, unless there are other questions at this time, I'm going to ask Kent to finish us off with a prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, we do um, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this group of people, and we ask, Father, that you help us to learn to get to know each other better. And as we move into this new year, this new decade, we pray that you will give us wisdom and discernment, lead us, direct us, and even though a lot of prayer, thought, and uh, deliberation has gone into this vision statement, if this is not your vision statement, if this is not where you want us to go, then just change it. Move us where we need to be. Help us to be your stewards. Help us to take our commission seriously and to be your hands and feet here 
in this place. And it's through your holy son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for your patience. I think I got the best class. So don't tell me. We'll see you next week.